I'm Noah Farley, and I'm here today with Sister Amy A. Wright, the first counselor in the primary general presidency. Thank you so much for coming today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. And today we're going to be talking about how she prepared for her devotional talk, Follow the Prophet. And uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you was, so you were recently called as the first, first counselor in the primary general presidency back in April. How's that going? It's going really well. It's um, A lot of my responsibilities are the same, but one unique difference, which has been wonderful, is we have another new counselor, Tracy Browning, and she is an actual joy, absolute joy to be around. She's incredibly intelligent, articulate, and has a deep and abiding love for our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's fantastic, yeah. I, was, I really liked her talk this last conference. She did a fabulous job, didn't she? Mm-hmm. And your bio also says that you graduated from the University of Utah with a Bachelor of Science degree in Human Development and Family Studies. How do you think that has helped you in your callings? That's a great question. You know, my emphasis was also in child psychology. Mm -hmm. And so serving the primary children throughout the world, we have around a million children. But um, really, our hearts are drawn to all of the children throughout the world. Just a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to do some humanitarian work in the Philippines mm -hmm. with several different projects as we partner with local government agencies and met with the Under Secretary of Agriculture. And the focus was on nutrition and specifically how to um, guard against malnutrition as well as literacy. And so my degree really came in handy because I know a lot about the physiology behind the importance of healthy eating and how that affects the growth from conception all the way to age two. Those first thousand days are so important as far as brain development. And so that was really an interesting experience, how the Lord kind of guides and directs your path, and you never know what the future is going to be. But there's always purpose in it if we follow those promptings. I love that. Yeah, thank you. A few semesters ago, I took a uh, child development class, and that was one of the most interesting ones that I ever took. It's like, it gave me a lot of perspective. Yes, it does. It expands vision for sure and helps us understand one another a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I think it also helped me have a bit more patience with children. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not married yet, but sure. I, I really hope that I can remember how I felt in certain situations when I was a child. That's great insight. You know, I often see a child that's that's maybe two years old, a toddler, and they're having a meltdown or they're, you know, they're probably tired or hungry. But I have to remember, they haven't been speaking the language for very long, you know? And if <laughs> yeah. we take any given adult and put them in a foreign country where they haven't been speaking the language very long, and every time they make a mistake, you know, they get in trouble, that, that just wouldn't make sense, would it? We would be very patient with adults. We need to realize that not only have they not been speaking the language very long, that they're new travelers <laughs> to this foreign land, mm -hmm. but their brains are also developing. And so I think patience is the key. That's, yeah. You hit it on the spot. It's like that, that saying that you always hear, you'll have to excuse so-and-so, he's new here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we need to give one another, and particularly ourselves, a little bit more leeway when it comes to trying and learning new things. Absolutely. I mean, Heavenly Father, he puts up with a lot of stuff that we do. So, I mean, yeah, as a parent, that's when you really learn what it's like to be you know, a parent like Heavenly Father is. Yeah, I think that's one of the most 
profound attributes of deity is mm-hmm. patience yes. and loving kindness. I, I know I need that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> at one point, you worked as an office manager at Marquette University in the College of Communications, where you helped facilitate an urban journalism camp for inner-city youth. Can you tell us about that? Yes, that was a wonderful experience. The urban journalism camp ran throughout the summer, and we had young people from all over the city, right downtown Milwaukee, come. And typically during the school year, we would put together a bi-weekly newspaper mm-hmm. and then a quarterly journal, and then we also had a yearbook. Um, Marquette University was a private Jesuit school, and so they had a yearbook. And so what we did is we gathered these young people who weren't quite sure about what their future could look like beyond high school Mm -hmm. and gave them opportunities to just kind of see what it could look like and what's out there for them and what they might be interested in. And one is journalism. The other had to do with advertising. So they would go out to local businesses and solicit ads and the journalists would go out and find stories just like you do here as a university student in preparation for a possible job in the future. And then they put together a newspaper and we would help them edit and they would design the ads and and the local businesses actually paid for the ads and then they distributed those newspapers. And so they got to be part of the entire process. And I remember once a student coming into my office and he had just written a new rap song. And he said, oh, can I rap for you? I wanna share this. I'm gonna live in Beverly Hills one day and be a rap star. And so he rapped for me and he did a really good job. He was very talented and I said, you know, that's, that's a great goal. Um, but let's always have a plan B. <laughs> yes. And you can never go wrong with education. Mm-hmm. And you think about a, you know, a bachelor's degree in journalism, you're going to learn a lot about writing, writing skills, which could help with your rap career. And all of a sudden, this light went off in his eyes, which is just, for an educator, is such a beautiful thing when you see that. And that vision expands, and he realizes that there's a great big world out there of possibilities. And he has choices, and his choices matter. That he's an agent unto himself, and um, they not only matter to him, but they matter to his family and to his community, and that he can truly make a profound difference. So that was a really sweet experience to have those interactions with those students and just help expand their vision. And maybe it wasn't in journalism, maybe it wasn't in the college communications, but just to see that the world is full of possibilities. I love that. Beautifully said. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always say this, but one of the perks of being the intern here is that we get to uh, read the uh, talk that you're going to give, or the devotional speakers are going to give before they actually give it. And so I really enjoyed reading your talk, Follow the Prophet. So yeah, your talk is all about, um, you know, following the counsel of the prophet. And I was wondering if you could share an experience where you saw the blessings of following the counsel of the prophet. That's a great question. Thank you for asking. The thing that comes to my mind immediately, and it's probably because we've been talking a lot about children with my education and primary children, is I remember when our boys were really young and the counsel from our living prophet at the time was to hold family home evening, which is still the counsel today. And um, it seems like at that point when they were little, every night was family home evening. We were always gathered as a family. And my husband was always home, and we were always doing intentional things, whether it was reading the scriptures together or watching um, a fun movie or doing some type of wholesome recreational activity. But I had a really strong impression that we needed to commit now, make the decision now 
that Monday was going to be a sacred, Monday night was going to be a sacred time for our family and nothing was going to get in the way. And I remember when our oldest son signed up for his first t-ball team, he was just, I think, five or six, Mm -hmm. and the games were on Monday night. And I thought, again, we're always home all the other nights. It'll be okay. But then I realized the blessing that I'd already made the decision. And really, if you if you look at the heart of it, that decision was made at baptism to follow a living prophet when I was baptized and confirmed. And so we decided that he wouldn't be playing mm-hmm. on Monday night because we needed to be together as a family, even though we could all be there watching him. And even though that was a difficult decision, it set the foundation for future decisions that could have been difficult, but became really, really easy. And it was just a couple years later, my husband was called as a young bishop, and now he was gone all those nights. And I was so grateful that we had preserved Monday night as a sacred family night, because now we needed it. And I didn't know where that path was going to head, but he served for over six years as a bishop and then was on the high council for a short time, and now he's currently a stake president. And he's just finishing up his ninth year. He'll be released next month. And so for our youngest, who had just turned three, his entire growing up years, he's now 20, dad was gone most nights. Oh, man. But he was always home Monday night. We hadn't given that night away to the world, whether it was t-ball practice or other things that came up, basketball, soccer, piano recitals and so um, I think the greatest lesson we learned is to make those decisions to follow the prophet today before the invitations come and then it's easy right on that reminds me of like um, when come follow me really started being a thing before you know before COVID-19 broke out and I know a lot of people were thinking why, why do we need to do this what's the point of this but what do you know so yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the power of the word seer. Mm-hmm. They can see what's coming, you know, see far off, and what an incalculable blessing that is. You know, so often when we testify, we testify that Russell M. Nelson is our prophet, and he is. He's our prophet for right now. Mm-hmm. But first and foremost, he is Jesus Christ's prophet, and we should never separate the two. Sometimes we have. Jesus Christ over here and the prophet over here, you know, on one side or the other. And yes, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, but I'm not sure about what Russell M. Nelson, President Nelson just said. I'll have to think about that. But when, and I've got my hands now intertwined, when we see that this is Jesus Christ prophet and we don't disconnect the two, that he is in direct conversation daily with a being of infinite power, intelligent wisdom, glory, knowledge, that he communes with Jehovah daily. Then, of course, when President Nelson says, invites us, it's always an invitation, Mm -hmm. you need to do this, then absolutely we do because it comes from God. I definitely agree. And that is definitely something very good to point out. I mean, yeah, I know some people who, like what you were saying, kind of, separate the two but um you know out of the mouths of my prophets it, it's the same i don't exactly remember how that goes but You're yeah exactly right <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah and can you tell us about the process that you went through as you prepared for your devotional address 
Oh, that's a great question, too. You've got a lot of great questions today. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, when the invitation came, you immediately start to ponder and to pray. And I woke up that next morning and I was reading a little bit of the news and I thought, boy, this is really heavy. And the scripture came to me that if ye are prepared, ye shall not fear. Mm-hmm. And I knew where the fear was coming from, but what does preparation look like? And so I started studying the scriptures and thinking about the last days, which we live in. And my thoughts went to third Nephi. As the Nephites were preparing for the last, for the Savior's coming, and we're preparing for the Savior's second coming, what did it look like? And in chapters six and seven, we see our day. We see exactly what the world is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And we see a lot of things that could invite fear. But as I went back and studied those again, the thought came to me, okay, so I see what the wicked are doing. And I see the pride and the abominations and all of the challenges. But what were the righteous doing at the exact same time? What were they doing to prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ? And it's in there, woven throughout all of these terrible things. Mm -hmm. They're following the prophet. They're teaching, they're testifying, they're keeping the commandments, they're being baptized, they are being ministered to by angels. So when we talk about there being peace in the last days, it's for the righteous. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is because of the choices we make to follow a prophet, here in Revelator. That doesn't mean life's going to be easy, but it can definitely be filled with peace and joy. Absolutely, yeah. As I was reading over your talk, I really liked how you used those chapters in there, and I feel like I don't even remember what it said about like what the righteous were doing in that situation. I feel like I only ever remembered what all this wickedness was, this these last times before Christ came to the Americas. But yeah, within all of that, there are still like these select people who are doing these things. That totally applies with what we're dealing with today. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true, and and it does stand out the all of the the tragic things and the disobedience is Mm -hmm. looming large when you read those chapters. But woven throughout, there's just beautiful, precious, Mm -hmm. precious, precious pearls of what were the righteous doing? And I thought, okay, we can apply this to our day. We see these same challenges in our day, but we can safely navigate this as we stand with the living prophet of God. As we keep our covenants, we hold fast to our covenants, to the very best of our ability, repenting every day. You know, my my sweet husband always says, especially when our boys were young and as he was teaching about repentance, he said, if you're not repenting every day, you might want to consider repenting for not repenting. (laughs) But the beauty of that is it keeps us humble and keeps us teachable and more receptive to the promptings of the Spirit and oh, how we need the guidance and direction of the Holy Ghost in these last days. Mm-hmm. Like what President Nelson said, especially in these last days, yeah. it'll be impossible without it. Exactly. I love how he didn't say it would be more difficult or more challenging. He said it won't be possible, right. as you said. Yeah. So again, follow the counsel of a living prophet. He knows the way. Absolutely. With your um, talk all prepared, what is the main thing that you hope that listeners will take away from hearing it? Okay, that's a great question as well. In addition to a greater desire to follow the prophet and to make those decisions today, 
to do that. So when tough choices come, they've already been made and they're not tough. So first and foremost, we've already talked about that, but I think a close second is for us individually, I would like to extend an invitation, um, excuse me, for one another to seek, uh, to understand exactly how it is that the Holy Ghost speaks to you individually and personally, because it's different for all of us. And sometimes we do a really good job at teaching um, that the Holy Ghost is a comforter, which we know he is. But sometimes that's more about his role and responsibility and less about how he actually feels. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the Holy Ghost can feel very comforting and warm, but there's some people who may never feel that. And so what can we do to discern how the Holy Ghost speaks individually to us? Because that's key. Not everybody cries. Not everybody gets goosebumps or chills. And oftentimes it's a voice of a voice of warning where we don't feel comfortable. I remember being taught not too long ago by a cardiologist, and he said something really interesting. He said, you know, it's really easy for us to determine when there's a heart murmur. The challenge is, is determining when it's not there. And I was thinking about how that applies to the Holy Ghost. Sometimes it's really easy for us to discern when the Holy Ghost is present in our lives. But it's equally important to know when the Holy Ghost is not present. Mm -hmm. And that's when whatever we're doing or wherever we are, we need to stop. Stand ye in holy places. That's right. And be not moved. Um, Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we close up? Um, I would just like to add my testimony, if that's okay. Yes, please. I testify that we have mighty prophets, seers, and revelators among us. I testify that the heavens are open, that revelation is flowing. This is a day of mighty miracles, and I admonish you to look for those miracles in your lives every single day in small and simple ways, in common and ordinary places, but also in the miraculous. I promise you that you will see the hand of God in your life every single day if you choose to look. I testify that God lives, that He loves you. He knows you by name. You are precious in His sight. He loves you perfectly and knows you personally. I testify of Jesus Christ that He walked this very earth. I testify of the truthfulness of His message, the power of his ministry and most specifically of the sacredness of his mission that because of him if we are obedient faithful and like I said keep our covenants to the best of our ability and repent strive to repent every day we can become partakers of all of our Heavenly Father's promised blessings the greatest of which is eternal life and exaltation the sacred incalculable privilege of returning to live with God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ again as eternal families and most specifically to live the type of life they live. Anything this world could possibly offer us pales in comparison. This is my hope. This is my prayer. This is my testimony in the sacred and holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.